imagine a perfectly happy, healthy, and playful little boy who had a toothless smile and a cool swag that would melt your heart and light up a room. His name was Ahmad Cobb, and he was my son. Ahmad was a normal boy that enjoyed macaroni and cheese, white chocolate, loved playing with his siblings, and had a dream to be a basketball player in the NBA. However, one day, this little boy's world turned upside down in the blink of an eye. Ahmad went from being a normal kid playing at school on the playground to endless hospital visits, stays, needles, and scans that became a pattern. The hardest thing for the Cobb family was watching as Ahmad's joy got stolen from him and there being absolutely nothing we could do about it. At this point, the Lord became my best friend and falling to my knees in prayer was all I could do. I went back and forth for quite some time trying to decide on putting my son's story out there. I concluded that it's important that everyone knows how strong and brave this little boy was. What he went through and what we as a family endured. My son was truly one of a kind and I need the world to know just how special he was. I want my son to be proud of me and I want his legacy and memory to live on forever. So, have your tissues ready. Ahmad's story will tug at your heartstrings. Yet, I want people to know my son's truth and to celebrate the life of Ahmad Tylee Cobb. That is a brief read from the book called Heaven Needed a Hero, published by Casey Langley, October the 19th, 2020. You can find it on Amazon for a nominal fee of $25. You guys get ready for a very, very heartfelt and interesting interview as I have on the phone with me, Miss Casey Langley. Casey, how you doing today? I'm doing fine. Can't complain. Great, great, great. It is wonderful having you on the show. We chopped it up just a little bit before recording, and you were telling me about the weather and things like that, where you're at right now, talking about it's a little rainy. Yes. It is rainy here where I'm at as well. I'm in Georgia. What did you say you were again? I'm in North Carolina. North Carolina, you got it. Yeah, we've just been getting some inclement weather for the last couple of days or so here. But nonetheless, you you are on the show with me, and I thank you for showing up and coming. You do have a very interesting story. And like you said, you definitely want the world to know this story and you want the world to know about your son. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions. I did, I did take a look at your Instagram page. And one of the things to my delight was that I looked at one of his, Mm -hmm. uh, your son's photographs Mm -hmm. and, and he had a Golden State Warriors uh, shirt. Was he, was Mm -hmm. he a Golden State Warriors fan? 
He was a huge Golden State Warriors. Now we talking. We talking now. Yes, we love love Steph Curry, and he actually got to meet him before he passed away. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I I gravitated towards that photograph really quickly because I'm also a Golden State Warriors fan. I love him. Uh, Anybody in the family uh, other than your son uh, love uh, Golden State Warriors? Yes, we all do. (laughs) Steph was so down to earth. It just made me take right to him. I started loving him too. (laughs) I love it. So yes, he was a huge Golden State Warriors fan. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I I really, really love that. And but, but I just wanted to get that out of the way really quickly. But for the for the listeners, can you kind of introduce yourself outside of what I just read from the excerpt or the introduction on the website for your book? Can you kind of tell the people just mm-hmm. a little bit more about who you are and things like that mm-hmm. and the stage is yours? I sure can. My name is Casey Langley. I currently reside in North Carolina. Me and my family are um, currently going to move to the Georgia area within about a month. I am a wife. I'm a mother of four. I have three living, and I currently am the author of the book, Heaven is a Hero, which is my real-life story about my son and his fight with a very rare brain tumor, stage four brain cancer called anaplastic astrocytoma. I am a childhood cancer advocate. I'm doing everything in my power to be the voices for those kids that's fighting those battles. And yeah, I'm just a homebody. I'm a housewife at the time, but I have a whole lot of things that I have going on (laughs) outside of that. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. I love it. Your hands are full. Even, you know, though you say you're a housewife, your hands are full. You got three little ones, you know, up, well, I don't know if they're little or teenage or anything like that, but you do have three children. Yeah. You know, you're also trying to promote your book, your housewife, you guys are moving as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. your hands are, your hands are pretty full. So yeah. my daughter is, um, my daughter, I have a daughter named Alaya. She is about to be 19. I have two boys outside of Ahmad. One name is Tylan and he will be 12 in July. And then I have one named Ashton and he will be 10. So I don't have like little small babies, but <laughs> I have, those are my kids. The boys were all self. Ahmad was my oldest boy, but my daughter is my oldest child. <laughs> okay. Got it. And, and, and just, just out of curiosity, did I pronounce his name correctly? Uh-huh. It's Ahmad. Okay. You did. You said it perfect. Perfect. I I wanted to make sure I got that right. And I wanted to check with you uh, out of respect to make sure that I did pronounce it correctly. Mm -hmm. So mom, author, wife, moving soon. Golden State Warriors fan, which I absolutely love. We we family right now. Listen, we're never going to part at this point with family. (laughs) Because I love Golden State Warriors. <laughs> yes, I love you, you. You're in the building. Yes. You're in the building. We got it. And for the haters that 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 don't like that, don't worry about y'all. We we're not even worried about y'all got yet at this point. Anyway, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did look at take a look at the book, and and we are talking about your book. We're talking about the experiences and everything that you had to endure and go through. At what 
at what age did you discover that he had been diagnosed with that form of cancer? He was seven years old. He was seven years old when he first got his first diagnosis. He passed away two weeks before his ninth birthday. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. He was seven. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's, um, yeah, that, that, that had to be pretty tough getting that, <laughs> getting that news. Yeah, had to be really tough getting that news. Yes, what, what, it was. He was in the first grade. Yeah, yeah, first grade. So just starting school. So there was a lot of experiences that he was, you know, coming into. And yeah, so that definitely had to be tough. Did you know right away that there was something that was going on with him outside of his normal activity? I mean, was there any kind of telltale signs that kind of alerted you that something was going on with him? Actually, there was. He started experiencing really bad headaches. Probably two weeks before his diagnosis, he had really bad headaches. And then he started having nosebleeds. So I knew then, you know, something wasn't right. Because me personally, I had never heard a child experience, you know, headaches like that. I'm always used to your adults having headaches. But he started having really bad headaches. So I knew, you know, something wasn't right. And then one night, I had cooked dinner and, you know, I made a plate for everybody. Everybody sat down to the table and I noticed we had to keep waking him up. Like he would fall asleep during eating. I knew then, you know, something wasn't right about that. Like he could not stay up long enough to eat his food. So, yeah, we definitely had some signs before finding out. And and at that time, you probably didn't necessarily know exactly what it was. You just knew you, just knew you needed to get him to you know, some kind of care facility so yes. that they could actually, you know, do some diagnostics or do some diagnosis or try to find out exactly what was going on. Yep. So I so yep, I so, exactly. Yeah, so I assume they did some blood work and stuff like that and then all of a sudden it came back, you know, later mm-hmm. after the blood work that this is what was going on. Mm-hmm. Well, they actually did the blood work and they did the urine samples and what's so crazy is when they did the blood work, they really wasn't able to find anything when we I first took them over there, but they seen like a significant amount of protein in his urine, which kind of put their antennas up to do scans, like MRI scans, CAT scans, and that's when they yeah. actually found the tumor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so at that point, you had some decisions to make. Tough one. Yeah. <laughs> Tough. Yeah. Right after. Um, they found it. He had to go into emergency brain surgery um, the very next day. So he had to have, yeah, brain surgery the very next day. So, yeah, we had some really tough decisions to make. And then we kind of had to play the waiting game after they took, you know, to my office brain. We had to play the waiting game with getting the biopsy sent out and you know, seeing if it was going to be a benign tumor or a cancerous tumor. So, yeah, we definitely had those situations and we had to play the waiting game for a lot of results. With that type of, with that type of cancer, that, that's not the typical treatments, right? Like, the, like normally I think a lot of people go through chemo and that kind of stuff. Did he 
actually have to do that or no? Yes, he did. We actually went through 36 radiation treatments, and he had to have radiation every day. We were scheduled 10 a.m. in the mornings. We had to go to radiation every morning. He had to go into this big MRI tube and get radiation, and then we had to do a oral chemo at night. So after I take him radiation in the daytime, at night I would have to give him the oral chemo. And then it went from doing that to he had to do a prevental stage of chemo every two weeks where he go in and he get the injection into his IV. So, yeah, we definitely did a lot of treatment. Okay, okay. And the reason I'm asking you these these questions is because I, I kind of want you to paint the picture leading up to the reason mm-hmm. why you kind of wanted to write the book and stuff like that. So if there's anything you just want to jump in and then add on, you know, please do so. Uh, because, again, you know, again, you, you know your story, you know, what, way more than anybody mm-hmm. else. So, but that's why I'm asking these, you know, these questions, even though they might be a little sensitive and tough. I just want the picture to be yeah. painted, you know. About what led, what, what led to the book. As, yeah, as far as writing a book, you're going to be, I, I really, that wasn't my intention when I actually would sit down and write. I actually used writing as a healing, like my therapy. I really didn't like to talk to a lot of people about, you know, what I was really feeling. And I felt like I had to kind of hide my feelings a lot because I had to be strong for my kids. So I would sit down and actually write in like a diary, my feelings and stuff, everything I felt like I needed to tell him or tell the Lord or whatever I just needed to get out. I, that's how I started writing. Like I didn't sit down with no chapters in mind or none of that. It all just kind of came together. But um, my main purpose, yes, it just all, it, 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 it scared me how it came, <laughs> how it came together and it came into a whole entire book. But I felt like I needed to put my son's story out there because there's a lot of kids out there now that's fighting those same battles. If people don't really do their research on like the different medicines that the kids have to take and then they would, they would be lost. You know, it's a lot of kids that have brain cancer. It's a lot of kids that have cancer, period. But whenever you hear cancer, it's always breast cancer. Like yeah. breast cancer is like the, you know, the popular cancer. Like if you want to get something with a ribbon on it and you go on a store, it more than likely it would be pink. Right. And I just feel like that's not, you know, fair to those kids because kids are really getting cancer everywhere. They can have cancer in their knees, they can have leukemia in their blood, brain cancer is like one of the most popular ones. And I just feel like people kind of, the kids are really, really underrated when it comes to them. And during my research, I learned that the childhood cancer is the least funded research. So uh-huh. I, I just feel like I wanted to be. Yeah, I just want to be, you know, my son's voice. It's, it's really not fair what those kids go through. And until someone put their story out there, that you really want to know what they go through. Wow. Okay, so I just learned something. Yeah. I really just learned something. And yeah. It, and, and, and it actually raised the question in my, in my head also about, you know, colon cancer and stuff like that. Cause you don't hear a lot of advocacy for colon, people with colon cancer and stuff like that either. No. But, but, but I mm-hmm. do, I, I, I do understand. And I, I resonate with the fact that you spoke about, you don't hear a lot of people talking about a lot of children with 
cancer, mm-hmm. right? And you don't see a lot of advocacy mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's a, so I understand how important it is for you to begin to speak out, which is another reason why when you kind of reached out to me and we kind of talked, I was like, yeah. hell yeah. You know what I mean? I definitely wanted to be able to tell a story, you know, yeah. and let people, you know, become aware of what, you know, to look for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And the one thing I was going to ask you as well was about, uh, you already kind of mentioned it about the healing process. You kind of mentioned that earlier because I was going to ask you about what were some of the practices or some of the things that you actually did to kind of alleviate a lot of the pressures and the burdens and stuff like that 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 you were actually going through. And you already mentioned that one of them was writing. Yeah, most definitely. And I pray a lot. You know, I pray a lot. I talk to the Lord a lot. I know no one can get any grief and mother through nothing like this but the Lord, regardless of how we feel, you know, about him for taking our kids away from us. At the end of the day, he's the only one that can get us through it. And I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. And I got this crazy theory that um, if I, I was supposed to be my son's voice, like, those, like I said, it's like the least, least uh, the least, um, funded research and um, now that so many kids are getting it you got so many parents that is standing up for their child you know so I really think that I was supposed to make a difference for him but yeah my healing I, I was I will write I pray to the Lord I like to listen to music you know and um, I like to do things to honor my child honor him and um I try not to kind of be in my feelings too much because my kids are also grieving that pain, you know? Right. So we try to do things on him, you know, remember the, the good days, the happy days. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's what keeps you going, but it's definitely a pain that will never go away. It's just something you just kind of learn to cope with. Yeah. Yeah. And actually you kind of segued into my next question. Cause I was going to ask you, you know, what actually some of those same things, you know, what are you kind of doing to, keep his memory alive. And of course, one of the, one of the, you know, one of the things is the book because the book kind of memorializes his, his, um, you know, his, his journey and also your journey and the family's journey as well. Mm. It kind of memorializes that. Yeah. So when people are picking up the book or buying the book, which I suggest you do, uh, again, the book is on Amazon. Mm. <laughs> it's on Amazon. It's about 144 pages. It's 20, a measly $25, you know, which you guys can contribute to this uh to this interesting story and to this this wonderful family uh to try to you know definitely help them out so not only are you getting the story you're also helping them to continue you know continue to continue to memorialize the child so make sure you do mm-hmm. that yeah it's also available in kindle version too oh perfect and i didn't know that uh-huh. That one is a lot cheaper. I think that one is nine ninety nine and you can actually download that one to your device and read it that way. Even better. So um yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm also gonna start a foundation on my son called Amaya's Mission. Okay. And um there was a lot of like, there was a lot of organizations that helped us out when we were going through because you know, no matter um you know, when cancer hits you, bills and all that stuff, all of that stuff still comes. You know, all of that stuff comes. Like, your life do not stop. So, um, there was a lot of different organizations that would um, help out with bills and things of that sort. Nice. Um, when we get going through. So, I want to be 
you know, one of those foundations to help. Also, because like I said, there's so many kids with cancer. So I want to be, you know, they did like the meal trains where we, when we would be in a hospital because our hospital was like, our, it was like the second home for us. You're always in a hospital when your child is fighting cancer. Yes. And, you know, those different organizations will come up and do meals. You may get Chick-fil-A this day. You may got another restaurant carried this day. Um, me and my husband is in the process of doing a foundation. Also, my son, from like the radiation burns and the chemotherapy when he would lose his hair, mm. he was really self-conscious about it. So yeah. my son was a cool dude. He was a cool dude. He used to like to wear his fitted hats. He didn't go anywhere <laughs> without a fitted hat on his head. He did not. <laughs> he did not go anywhere without a fitted hat on his head. Actually, the school, when he went back to school, they would allow the kids to wear hats. So he wouldn't feel uncomfortable and be the only one wearing nice, hats. Nice. So I want to do something. Yes, I want to do something in honor of him with his hat where we provide like fitted hats for the kids because when they get, you know, going through that medicine, their hair falling out. And a lot of them get self conscious about that. So that's something I'm working on as well. Okay. That's good to mm. know. That's good to know. And, 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 you know, people really need to know that. So, so I, I'm assuming that, you know, at one point there's going to be a website and stuff like that where people can reach out to you through the website and, you know, mm-hmm. contact you by email and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I get everything together, I put all of that out there. So it's kind of like we kind of get everything together, do the 501C and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll be yep. ready to go Because, you know, it's a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, while we're on that subject, I want people to know where they can reach you, reach out to you at. I know you do have an Instagram. Would you let the listeners know what your Instagram page is? Uh huh. It is at Casey underscore Langley nine two three. Casey spelled C A S E Y underscore Langley L A N G L E Y nine twenty three. Okay, yeah. perfect. You can reach out to my Instagram. I'm always checking my DMs. I'm 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 fairly new to Instagram, so I'm I'm having the hardest time trying to build up my following. But um, I you know I get there. I be up there every now and then. But I'm always checking it, so you can definitely reach out to me out there. Perfect, perfect. One of the things I probably would also let you know is I don't know. Do do, do you use iPhone or Android Android phone? I have an iPhone. Okay. Have you heard about Clubhouse? I have, and I absolutely love Clubhouse. Oh, so you're already <laughs> on it. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. Yes. Good, good, good. Yes. I've, 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 had um, mixed, yeah. I've had mixed experiences with it so far, but uh, one of the reasons I brought that up oh. is because you can get on there. And what the work that you're doing, there's so many people on there that I know that you can reach out to and would be willing to assist you in, in, in those things that you um, need help in. Uh-huh. Yes. It's Clubhouse has been, it has to be, I've been doing a lot of networking on Clubhouse and I got a lot of connections with Clubhouse. The lady, Coach Tamika, that I did a podcast with last week, she didn't want to tell me to get on Clubhouse and it's it been, it been positive so far. Okay. So yeah, I definitely been on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Maybe maybe we can you know make that connect on there as well. Mm-hmm. I, I want to ask ask you. 
about Omar's father. Okay. What what was his reaction? What is some of the things that he had to experience? Did he, you know, because sometimes as men, we we really bury our feelings. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a natural man. Did, if it's something going on with me sometimes, if you don't know me, you'll never know. Mm-hmm. You'll never know. Mm-hmm. My son, yeah. I'm not, not my son, my, um, my brother was, was murdered at 33 years old. And mm-hmm. no, nobody saw me like cry. I cried, but nobody saw it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I had to get everybody mm-hmm. out of the room. We w- we went to, oh man, I forget what they call it. You, you know, to to view the body, and mm-hmm. I had to I had to get. And I'm I'm sitting there holding it right, and I had to get everybody mm-hmm. out of the room. And I literally had them close the door behind me. And I'm sitting there crying over mm-hmm. my brother, over my brother, and nobody, nobody yeah. knew it. Nobody knew that. Nobody saw it. So for your for your husband, what what were some of the things that he had to go through? What were some of his expressions, his emotions, his thought processes at that time? That is the most definitely. I guess that's just a man because. My husband is the same way. He would try to, he's not, you know, a real, real talker. Ahmad and him had the best relationship. Like, Ahmad was a daddy's boy. He loved his daddy. He loved the ground his daddy walked on. <laughs> wow. And my husband had really, really, he had a really, really hard time with that. But like you said, he wouldn't do it in front of anyone. I've seen it, of course, but he went, you know, he wouldn't do it in front of anyone. And then my husband is always the one that's trying to be the strong one for yeah, me yeah. because I had the, you know, I had the hardest time with it. I feel like I can be myself around him, you know, away from the kids and everything. So he's always trying to console me. But yes, he had a really, really hard time with it when he first, when he passed away. I remember just me and him being in the room. And he shut the, you know, we shut the door and he laid on that bed with him and just held him and just cried and cried and cried and cried. And I think mm. that was um, the first time he kind of broke down, you know, around me. It was really hard making decisions with my husband because he, you know, he wasn't ready. He, he didn't accept. I accepted it long before anybody had because I would watch it every day. I was my son's caretaker. Yeah. And I, I accepted it long before anyone. Like, my husband was there, but he still had to work the two jobs. So it's a lot of things that nobody's seen that I've seen. So I accepted it. I knew my child was tired. My husband just didn't want to accept it. You know, he didn't want to accept it. He wanted to stay positive. So when it was time to make those hard decisions, and sign those different papers. I would have the hard. He would run away from it. I would have the hardest time trying to sit and have yeah. a conversation with him. Yeah, because he did not want to get in his feelings, and he would just block it out. He would block it out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, my and, husband had the hardest time. And and, and you know the mm-hmm. reason I the reason I add, and listen that when when he hears this, don't come after me, chief. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't get mad at me, man. <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 I'm with, you, I'm with you, man. But the only reason I really yeah. wanted you to kind of uh, highlight that is because sometimes, you know, 
that pain is kind of left out of the story. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That that portion is kind of really, really left out. And, and don't get me wrong, there's I've I've seen no greater pain than any than mm-hmm. anybody to go through than a a mother that's lost a child. You know, it's like I saw my mother when yeah. my brother passed away. Is she still kind of mm-hmm. even 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 though it's been some years? I mean, it's been years. Yeah. She yeah. she can recall like in an instant, and and you can tell that there's something, you know, going on. But but you know, I just yeah. wanted to kind of throw that out there to say, okay, well, you know, what did you know what it what what it is what was the father's experience? You know, pretty much, and that's the only reason I raised that. Yes, he ran away. <laughs> he will run away from any hard decisions. I was like, Lord, I got to be patient because I, I get where he's coming from, but yeah, you got man. to toughen up. <laughs> we can we just got to touch it up but yeah he he and then now he still have a hard time with it you know we see and we talk about it more and we all have our days my kids had their days my husband had have you know his days my husband actually did a tribute song for him mm. um when Ahmad when Ahmad went into remission he went into remission for eight months after the first diagnosis so my husband did this big tribute song for him that went viral, and he loved it. And he actually, that was his way of expressing his feelings to his son in the song. And I'll send it to you so you can listen to it. Okay. But, yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, he definitely had a hard time with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I accept it. I, yeah. I definitely want to, you know, hear, hear, the, hear the song from him. And yeah, just to, to yeah, just to, just to feel his spirit, you know what I mean? But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, you you're not lying when you said when I read the opening when it said you know be, ha- be ready to have your your heartstrings tugged at you're not lying. <laughs> I'm sitting here now like no. man, <laughs> man, this is this is tough. It's it's getting to me right now. Yeah, I had a lot of people say I can't get through it. <laughs> I can't get through. It. I started crying. <laughs> but I mean, it's real. That's that's what he went through, and believe it or not, that's what a lot of those kids go through. That's what it's so crazy that um, it's so many different childhood cancer advocate pages on Instagram. When I actually got on Instagram, I started finding them. They're all they they're everywhere, and it's just so weird to me that every child, some of their their stories are very very similar. Like it may the cancer they get diagnosed with a cancer, and then they get this this hope because they're going to remission for a couple of months, and then it comes back more aggressive and then take their life. Like it's so many kids that is going through the exact same thing, the exact same thing. So I mean, it's real. That's what he went through. And, <laughs> and I, I didn't and I think that's the thing. I, I think that's the thing. It's the mm-hmm. real. It's the realness of it. I, I, that's that's the thing. It's yeah. the realness of it. It's real life. It's like yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't walk away from it. You can't turn it off on the television or anything like that. This is real. And I think that's the yeah. most, that's the most, that's the, that's the thing that really, you know, gets at people when they sit back and they read the book or just read, read an excerpt or hear your story or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so let me ask you now with the book, well, first I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask you that one yet. I want you, mm-hmm. if you would, to tell us one of the most interesting stories about your son. That, that that a lot of people don't know, like 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 just and it could be anything from like seeing his genius, right, or you know he his, mm-hmm. his, his artistry or something like that, something that 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 that's just really really interesting and 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 unique about your son. Okay, 
my I always say my son was he was very very strong. He was like a little Superman to me, and the reason why I say that because when he was going through like his treatments and stuff, people don't know this unless they read the book, but. Normally when those kids get those chemo and, you know, stuff like that, they got things called pores that they put into their skin. Some of them have to be stuck into the neck. Some of them have to be stuck into the chest. Some of them have to sit, like, in their arm. And then they have, like, this line, like a pig line mm-hmm. hanging out. So every time they get their chemo medicine, that's what they, that's what they hook it to. But that's kind of like, it, to me, that seemed very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So... I let my I let my child have a lot of say so in his treatments and stuff, mm, okay. and he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to do that. My child did not want to do the port. He didn't want that thing hanging out. Like you know, you can easily get that thing affected. They don't tell you all of that. It could get affected and then cause more issues. So I didn't do that. So anytime my child had to have chemo or any of his treatments, he would get stuck every time with a needle every time, and he would sit there so strong. And ball of his fish, and he'll just he'll just take it on. He never complained about nothing I gave him. Mm. He, he would just do it because he knew, you know, he, he was very very strong. But people would not know that he never had a he never had a port. He got stuck every time. He used to call it the soda pop. Like it was like this little medicine where you shake up and then you put on the child's arm and then it's supposed to numb your arm. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. He'll walk in there, he'll walk in there and say, give me the soda pop. <laughs> he came in it like a and G. And they would do it. And then, <laughs> yep. And then they would do it and they would stick him. And you know, there are, there, there's still some grown people that's afraid of needles. Yeah. That little boy, got, he got that every time. He didn't, he did not have a port. So Amai was definitely strong. He, he was stronger than me. He was, he was really strong. He was a clown. He loved to dance. You know, um, he was the life of the party. He used to be the one that the like dance, had dance contests. He used to love the song Rich Homie Quine. And he used to love the, um, the little dance that he used to do. Yeah, he, he was definitely a clown. Yeah, but he was definitely strong. Those kids go through it and he didn't complain. I'm visualizing everything because I'm a, I'm a very visual person. So I'm visualizing everything that you're saying, yeah. you know, and, and wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's something else. Tell uh, me, tell me who did the the artwork for the book? Because because the cover is is I, I love it. I love the cover. Yes, um, I actually published my book twice. So, like I said, I'm from North Carolina, so I got a local publisher to publish my book at first, and then. I reached out to Jessica Watkins on Instagram because I wanted to get, you know, and she read it and it touched on her heart. And she said, you know, I can get this to a further reach. But, you know, being that that was a different publishing, I had to change my cover. So, yeah, Jessica Watkins and her her team, they published, I mean, they um did the cover. Uh, I actually am in love with the cover. It looked more real. Yeah. It looked more, you know, it, real look like he's sitting on top of the cloud right and, yeah, right yes. right right and the font and the yes, font and, the and how they situated it and everything and the bold colors that come out from it yeah you know what i mean so yeah yeah so, and she so really didn't did have job. to do yeah she really they really didn't have to take too much away from the um first cover because the first cover i actually like the first cover too the um local publishing um guy that did it 
he did an awesome job and um he was the one that came up with the, you know, the cloud and him sitting on the cloud with his hand on it. So they, they did awesome, but she did have to make it different because it wasn't the same one. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they, I, I love how they did, did the cover. Yeah, it, it, it looks really, it looks really nice. And, and that's about, so 144 pages, that's probably about maybe, I'd say about maybe a 45, maybe 45 minute read or, or, or longer. Uh-huh. If you could, I, I heard people say that they had they didn't put it down. Like when they started reading it, they couldn't put it down. So okay. they'd be done in like an hour, two hours they're done yeah. with it. Yeah. But then there's a lot of people that got stuck because it's, it's very emotional. It's very emotional. So I do say to my readers, be ready. <laughs> Y'all heard it's, it. It's very, very emotional. Yeah, it's very emotional, but it's very real. And yeah. So I hope you guys love it. Yeah, and, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna plug it one more time. You guys, um, you know, make sure you go to her uh, to um, Amazon and look up the book "Heaven Needed a Hero" by Casey Langley. Like I said, it was published October the nineteenth, twenty twenty. It's a hundred and forty four page book. It's twenty five dollars, and she said there is a Kindle version of it that you can get for about maybe nine ninety nine or nine dollars or something like that. So make sure you go out and, uh-huh. and, and support and support. And if there's anything that you can do, and I'm talking to the listeners at this point, if there's anything that you can do to help her in her advocacy, right? Make sure you reach out to her through her Instagram. And Casey, what's that Instagram again? It is Casey underscore Langley 923. Perfect. I love it. I love it. So, man, I mean, you, you've covered quite a bit. You've covered quite a bit. I do love it. Most of the questions that was, you know, that was in my mind, I've, you know, I've kind of asked those questions already. Uh, I'm going to ask you at this point, is there anything else that you think that you, you know, might want to say to the listening audience or, or, you know, anything on your mind at this, at this point that you just might want to just say and get off your chest? No, it's not. It's not. Okay. I can't think of anything right off. Yeah, I can't think of anything right off me. Okay. So, again, I have been talking to Miss Casey Langley. She is an author as well as mom, as well as a wife. She is an advocate for children with cancer. And you can definitely find her at some Social media pages. Uh, she did mention that she is also on Club Clubhouse. Uh, so again, uh, I just want to really, really thank you for wanting to come on the show and tell us about your book, about your experience, about some of the things that you're, you know, are doing now, uh, and to further, mm-hmm. you know, remember your your son and kind of memorialize him, and you know, not only the book but in other ways. Uh, and to the father, I want to say, man, thank you, and. In many ways, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad the support was there for you and as well as for him. You know, you guys mm-hmm. are doing really great, you know, by supporting each other through something like that. Because sometimes traumatic experiences uh, will either make or break you, you know, and I'm yeah. glad. Yeah, I'm glad you just, you know, you guys kind of kind of hang on. As, as a matter of fact, now that I'm talking about that, what were some of the things that you guys did together? <laughs> and I'm thinking about what was some of the mm-hmm. things that you guys did together? in order to maintain that sense of, 
I guess, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, you know, to a degree sanity, you know, in order for you guys to kind of get, kind of get through things that, you know, you, you've had to go through. Ooh. Like I said, we sit and have very, very long talks. We sit and have long talks. We sit and pray. We actually was not married. At, we got married after Amaya passed away. Okay. And we honored him at our wedding. Like everything was centered around him from the cake to everything, the colors. We did a big tribute for him. At our wedding, because he passed May twenty May sixteenth, twenty seventeen, and we got married September twenty third, twenty seventeen, which is the day that he had to have brain surgery. So he got diagnosed September twenty first of twenty fifteen. He had to have emergency brain surgery September twenty third, twenty fifteen. So we got married. On September 23rd, 2017, we just try to do things to, you know, make those devastating dates that we had to go through positive and, you know, do things to, yeah, do things to honor him and pay tribute to him at all times. So our wedding was definitely centered all around the mile. <laughs> we turned that date into something positive. Yeah, we turned that date into something positive. I so like that is now my wedding date. <laughs> yeah. All right now. Come on yeah. with it now. <laughs> I like yeah. it. I like it. I yeah. like it. Uh but hey, like I said, it's been it's been a real joy. I wish I could have you a little just a little bit longer, but again, I understand your mom and everything and I, and and there's you know, there's some other things that I had to, you know, take care of as well. Uh but it's it's been a mm-hmm. joy. It's been a joy. And hopefully, you know, I can have you back on the show at, at some point to kind of do like an update. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and maybe mm-hmm. maybe the next time we do it, you can also have, you know, hubby on the line with you. And, you know, we can kind of have a great conversation together. You know what I'm saying? Just to get his perspective at the same yeah. time, you know. But, hey, uh, tell him, uh, man, you know, big ups from me. And I'm sure he'll be able to hear mm-hmm. it on the uh, on the um, on the uh, on the episode when it's published. You did great, 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 great work, great story. And I'm talking about your advocacy at this point because I definitely want to be able to bring you back and talk more more, more about that, about that part of it. Because like I said, you did you did hit me pretty hard when you said that there's not a lot of advocacy for children that have cancer. You know, that's terrible. Yeah, that's that's really terrible. Yeah. Because again, you're right. You can yeah. go out and you can see all these different ty- type of ribbons and you know they're purple, they're pink, whatever yeah. the case may be. But you, you don't, yeah, you don't yeah. see a lot for the children. Even the, I think it was the NBA. Don't, uh, don't quote me on this. I can't remember if it was the NBA. I think it was the NBA, but they turned their whole stadium pink or something like that in yeah. October for breast yeah. cancer. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, which is great. But okay, what about the kids? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we go gold in September for the kids, so we got we. We have to stand up for the kids and be the kids' voices. We have to. They deserve way more than, you know, the percentage that they get for their cancer research. And I'm trying everything in my power to change that. That is so <laughs> weird that that that, that 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 wouldn't be funded. You 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 would think yes. you would think it be it would be heavily funded. No, I think it's like four <laughs> percent. They get like four percent. Yeah, you could do your research. There was actually a little girl on Ellen 
because I am determined to get on Ellen. <laughs> but it was a little girl on Ellen, and I watched it. And the little girl is fighting cancer. She's been fighting cancer. I think she was born with it. So I think now she's seven, and she's been fighting cancer. So I watched her sto- her story the other day on Ellen, and Ellen actually confirm you know it's only the it's the least funded research and the kids only get about like 3.8 percent or four percent and it's that's just way too low like those kids deserve way more than that yeah they deserve way more than that that's why so many kids die and it's just devastating like it's devastating and it makes me angry (laughs) you know that they get you know it's it's that it's 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 that percentage it it makes you really really angry and it makes you want to you know be their voice and by me you know going through that with my son i I have to be his voice you know he's no longer here and for me he did not go through all of that for nothing not if i got anything good yeah yeah i i i I wholeheartedly agree Yeah. yeah yeah but hey casey thank you again for coming on the show for the listening mm-hmm. audience, this 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 show again is going to be published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast. Uh, you can listen to it on Radio Public. You can listen to it at Overcast. Just about any of the podcast streaming platforms that you want to listen to it on, you can definitely be able to do that. This has been the All Things Black Podcast. I've been your host, Mr. Black Ovation. Again, thank you, uh, Miss Casey, for coming on the show. And the door is open for the next episode. You guys take care. 